Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it going today? Riley, it's going pretty well. Almost half, well, more than halfway through my first week of coding. I know you guys are getting tired of me talking about it, but <laughs> uh, almost through uh, my first week, so it feels pretty good. Very nice, very nice. How about you, Riley? What's, uh, what's new with you? Well, the project that I've been working on since April of last year is coming to fruition. It's going live at the end of next month. So a lot of preparation going into that as we approach like the final stages of that. But so that's been like a tumultuous yet exciting time. You know, obviously it's cool yeah. to see something like come to its end game, but stressful at the same time. So, you know, there we are. Um, Otherwise, though, I've been doing well. I've been doing well. Um, like I said last week, I've been trying to like sort of have a better mentality coming into 2021, and um, you know, kind of treat myself and my mental state a little bit better. And I think I've I've been doing better at that just in the last week, at least. I, you know, sure. try to recognize when things are falling off track and like recenter myself. And you know, I think I'm cruising. You know, just kind of cruising. Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely. That's great, man. How's the how's the coding been? You know, you you talk about it all the time, but are you feeling feeling like you're really getting into it? Well, today, I mean, it's it's been a lot of review for me since I was working, you know, for I don't know the last like three months. Well, no, no, that's generous. I would say like month and a half, maybe getting ready for it. So a lot of this, I would expect the first week, hopefully the first two weeks would be a lot of just review. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of you know, uh, today was. Um, expressions and methods yeah there you and go. it's like okay you know and i kind of knew you know what's what's going on there so it wasn't too bad i mean it's a lot of we're doing some like word problems and stuff uh with if statements and so just trying to figure out that and you know it's a lot of it's not necessarily hard it's just work that is solidifying the concept so yeah, i spent for sure a good amount of time on it just because there were you know, 40 questions that we had to do tonight. So it's like not necessarily hard and I know what's going on, but it like takes a lot of time just because, you know, you know how that kind of stuff goes. It's like, yeah, for sure. It's a word problem. So you just got to kind of, you know, you spend a minute trying to parse out the words <laughs> and what it means. And then you put it into the thing and then you forget a semicolon and then you go back and yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Very nice. I have a, I have a question for you actually. Yeah. How do you, this is like not coding related at all. This is hair related. Um, so I was talking to my mentee at work today and I was just kind of ranting. Like, I feel like right now my hair, I think it looks fine right now, but my hair is kind of in that awkward phase where it's like not quite long enough, but um, not short hair either. <laughs> yeah. How did you in your like hair growth journey get past that phase? Uh, it was pretty bad. That was a rough patch. I, because I knew I was going to, go for a man bun so i don't know if that's your plan but i knew that i had to break through this kind of middle stage so what i ended up doing for a while was just wearing a headband <laughs> yeah i know and looking like a lacrosse kid in eighth grade and i yeah <laughs> so i don't know i mean i don't know how you're supposed to get through it it's just like get a haircut scrub yeah i don't know i'm like i don't know what i want to do with it either which makes it harder um I'm thinking about going for like an undercut, you know, where you're like the sides and back are super short, but then yeah. it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe it would work. Yeah, I don't know. My hair's like really thick and early too, so it's just awkward to work with. Yeah, I, I always feel like that kind of haircut doesn't look the best on people with curly hair, just because yeah. it looks like you wear you're wearing like a hat or a mop or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, I agree. I don't know yeah. what to do though. It's just it's awkward right now. It yeah. is really. I mean, it, it's always it's gonna be awkward for everybody. Like nobody has a good period there yeah, where you're sure. at. So. For sure. Oh, it is what it is. And. Let's shift away from hair, though, and talk about some Pokemon. So, coming up here, believe it or not, JW, 2021 yep. is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. Not the trading card game, but Pokemon in general. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I remember, oh, I remember a lot of the hype around the you know, 20th anniversary, and it was, it was pretty big. You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, but I don't know, 25 is silver anniversary you know it's it is a little <laughs> bit more prestigious bigger uh a nicer number for a lot of people and so you can expect big things and today was a big release for some of those big things yeah a lot of cool stuff that they announced today i also very distinctly remember the 20th anniversary um that's really when i started to get into the trading card game was around then and um you know, my friends and I were so excited to get all the 20th anniversary like merch and the generations packs and you know it was a it was a fun time generations packs yeah that that's amazing yeah I <laughs> I distinctly remember not having enough money to purchase the things that I wanted to purchase from the 20 20th anniversary um you know I just didn't really get there was one Pikachu box collection I don't know if you remember this but it was like a silver full art Pikachu it was kind of the feature card of this collection and it came with some sleeves and a deck box and i i think some packs but um <laughs> the big kind of feature again was this pikachu and i remember just wanting that so bad and then just not you know i mean i was in college so just not really being able to to justify spending the 100 <laughs> or 150 dollars that yeah. it was on the secondary market so uh ended up not really getting a lot out of that 20th anniversary in terms of merch but did get a lot of like booster packs you know did get a lot of uh evolutions ended up opening or selling but uh some some of the um or excuse me generations i got a lot of yeah. uh selling and stuff but then kept some of the evolutions yeah for sure i uh i ended up getting every single one of those those pin collections for generations um, ah, that came with yeah. all the different mythic pokemon so like the mew the celebi the jirachi um, yeah and I have all those pins still, actually. They're in a, oh, like, sweet. They're in a baggie on my shelf right now because I don't have a bulletin board to put them in. But um, okay. as soon as I do how get a bulletin board. Oh, how much are they? The pins? Yeah, I'm just curious. I have no idea. I just think they're cool. Like, are they? Okay, okay. I wasn't um, sure if they were had some kind of value. No, I do have... Way. I think the one thing I have that's actually a value is... Do you remember... They made plushes as well for all the mythics, and they came in these like big, like square, plasticky kind of, not really boxes, but kind of boxes, I guess. Okay. Uh, I don't. I can pick it out and show you. Oh. So it, for the listeners at home, they came in these like plastic, almost like build a bear looking kind of things, and it had the twentieth anniversary logo yeah. on it and there's one for pikachu i think there might have been one for eevee and then there's one for all the, the 20th anniversaries and so i got the pikachu one 
he's pretty cool. I think this is actually worth something now. Um, okay. Like especially when it, it coming with the the box thing. Um, sure. But sure. It, you know that's permanent fixture in the Pikachu collection, obviously. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the twenty fifth anniversary. So JW, walk us through what we're looking at in terms of the general announcements, and then we'll talk about Pokemon cards after that. Sure. So the biggest announcement they just put out, Pokemon today put out a trailer with a Rube Goldberg machine where they had a Pokeball that kind of traveled through the different areas of Pokemon, you know, uh, Hoenn, Kanto, Johto, etc. <laughs> the three that you know off the top of your head. <laughs> what's that? The three that you know off the top of your head. Yeah, well, like the only three that I actually played all the way through. I know Unova and Galar, right? Yeah. Alola. Yeah, Yeah, the ones with cards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then it traveled, this Pokeball travels all the way through. It's a great little, um, I I thought, I mean, it was kind of, it kind of was cool because the production value wasn't like too high because it's a Rube Goldberg machine. So there's like an inherent kind of playful toy-esque atmosphere to it, which I thought just really, I mean, it just fits with Pokemon because it's this fanciful kind of childlike thing, um, but also like sophisticated to the point that it's this, I don't know, kind of machinery that has to, you know, go through these. I don't know. I just thought the whole concept (laughs) really worked well for what they were trying to do. Anyway, um, at the end of the, trailer they have this kind of hint at a Katy perry collaboration which was probably the biggest news from today yeah Katy perry that's it seems just so random to me but, but it's cool really? don't get me wrong it's really cool i don't know that it's too random you don't think that they would try to bring on like a big star i think just carried Katy perry in particular just seemed random I mean, it seems, I, I don't know why it seems random. Like, she's probably one of the biggest, uh, least, she's probably one of the biggest, least controversial yeah, musicians. Yeah, that's probably what it comes down to. She's, like, a, a very, like, non-controversial. She's super cool. You know, at least she seems super cool in, like, my parasocial relationship with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not like upset about it. I don't think it was like a bad choice. It's just like I haven't thought about Katy Perry in like a long time, you know. So. Oh, see, uh, Katy Perry is personally one of my favorite pop artists. So to yeah. see that she is, I, and we don't really know what her relationship is. I, I think I was reading on Twitter like she is, or well, oh, actually, I don't even know based on the Twitter post now that I'm re remembering it. But it's, <laughs> it sounds like there might be at least one. You know, maybe multiple songs. If you hear at the end of the trailer, she says like "electric." It's in a in a song form. <laughs> so maybe there's yeah. going to be some kind of like elemental song or songs, you know, to kind of depict, you know, different typings of the Pokemon. You know, that could be something. Um, but we don't quite know a ton. Obviously, this trailer was just a just a taste, <laughs> just a taste, but. I'm I'm into it, man. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the songs when they drop, obviously. Uh, I also saw on Twitter there's some picture of Katy Perry with some like super rare Pikachu plushie, which was really interesting. Um, I don't know oh, if they really? like, gave that to her or if that's something that she just like got on her own. 
Um, well, I have been really loving the branding surrounding everything. So one thing that you'll notice if you look at all of the, you know, packaging on the products or at Katy Perry's kind of press release picture for Pokemon or um, I, I don't know, just just a lot of these a lot of the brand, the, the subtle branding that they have is just Pikachu's tail in the background. And it looks really, really clean. So the two biggest uh, examples, I would say, again, are, are that uh, background for Katy Perry. Uh, and then they're also doing it on the Pokemon card sleeves. There's this kind of, you know, the zigzaggy tail of Pikachu. And then there's also some sleeves that they're making uh, with the zigzag tail. So I would expect that tail kind of to be this yeah this subtle nod you know continually over and over which uh is is really really cool in terms of branding for the 25th anniversary yeah that makes me think um they always they talk about yeah they the nebulous they um they talk about um like when you're designing a character like a sign of a good character or a good brand is that it has a very recognizable silhouette uh, and like you, typically when you think of Pikachu, I think the thing that comes to mind is like the face, right? With the round, with the pointy ears, um, heading in like both directions. It's like, like a very recognizable Pokemon trope, right? And the, mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary, we really leaned into the face. Like the Generations, ETB and the sleeves all have the, the Pikachu's face as the logo. Um, sure. But I feel like Pikachu as a whole has a, like a super good silhouette. And the tail is definitely part of that. Like... You can see Pikachu's tail, and you know that's Pikachu's tail. Um, yeah. So I, I, just, I think it's just really cool that Pikachu is like such an iconic character that you can recognize it in so many different ways. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So super cool. I definitely agree with you. The branding's super awesome. I I always love when Pokemon goes all out on these kinds of things. I think it's really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, they have the brand to do it. Like they just they they pretty much don't miss when they make stuff like this. And uh, this is another great example. Uh, another thing that to keep an eye out for uh, if you're into kind of yeah all this merch and stuff. I just saw that they're doing another print line of Bear Walker. Now that we're talking about Pikachu stuff, but they're dropping some more skateboards. I did see that as well. I got an email about that. Nineteenth of this month so like that's cool i just yeah it, it's gonna be interesting because i i have to feel like there's gonna just be way more stuff that's gonna come out this year um you know this is just the tip of the iceberg yeah i think february is gonna be a key month because i'm pretty sure february is like the actual anniversary month isn't it okay I, it could be that sounds about right i think that's when are you saying when it dropped in japan yeah i'm pretty sure the first games were released in february yeah yeah and i'm pretty sure that's what they use as the metric for the anniversary yeah but cool yeah be on the lookout i'm i'm excited to see what comes of this and and where the game is headed and um, where the brand as a whole is is planning to take this so um yeah you know i'm gonna be on the lookout for more news because i'm always excited to pick up the new pokemon (laughs) swag so riley if there's i was just gonna ask you riley if there's one piece of merch that you are like i have to get this what would it be or what would you, I mean, obviously we don't have the whole, you know, kind of merch lineup, but like it, you know, assuming that they're going to make, you know, pretty much anything that you could want. What's one piece of merch that you absolutely have to pick up. Well, I'm, I'm always a big fan of, well, of the plush. Pikachus, of course. Yeah. But... So that's like an obvious take is I'm, I'm a big fan of plush, um, especially Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Pichu, if one happens to drop, um, Outside of plush, 
one thing I one thing I've been really into recently is like crewneck sweatshirts. So if they had like a cool sweater or sweatshirt or a hoodie um that just like had really awesome branding on it looked super cool i would love to have something like that um or another thing i really like is things that kind of home decor kind of things that just like fit into the home um okay so you know and it, it can be something as simple as like mug or something as complex as like um they did like silverware recently and all that kind of stuff i think is really interesting and it's it's a pretty cool way to like I always like stuff that's kind of like subtle, you know. Um, yeah. So when you have like silverware that you know might have like the Pikachu's tail um, engraved into it or something, that's really cool to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Where it's not, it's not hitting you over the face, but it's like if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. It, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have something in mind when you ask that? Is there something that like really tickles your fancy? Uh, I just want to make sure that I get the the box thing i mean we're talking about that that 20th anniversary pikachu silver pikachu and i just i I don't know that it's like a big regret of mine but like it's certainly something that i wish i had so i want to make sure that i get something specifically branded with the 25th anniversary and if they're going to do some kind of collection pokemon card box then i want to make sure i grab that yeah that makes sense to me i'll probably get you know, whatever comes out to i'm such a sucker like they release cool limited edition stuff and <laughs> I'm, I'm interested so yeah yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how it is that's funny. let's talk that's about awesome. some other other news in the pokemon world though so there's plenty of cards that have been uh, kind of announced here as we progress through the reveals of the battle styles yeah. cards um JW, do you have any of the releases from the last week or so that have like really stuck out to you? Well, I, we were talking before the cast, and I feel like sometimes we have some of our better discussions before the cast. But uh, there's the camping gear that just got released today in Orbeetle, um, from you know presumably that it will be released. Excuse me, that will be released in our single strike rapid strike set. Um, but the, uh, the camping gear, if you haven't seen it, search your deck for a card and put it in your hand, then shuffle your deck, and uh, if you play this card, your turn ends. So that's kind of the caveat. You could search out for anything, but if you play it, your turn ends. So it's very similar to something like Steven's Resolve that has seen you know limited play, but certainly has seen play in the past in the right decks. Uh, with kind of the difference being, you know, you only search out one card, but you could play your supporter for the turn. Right, like you can research so and then are, camping know, gear. Right, there, you know, there are pros and cons. And, and I was kind of thinking that this deck or this card would be maybe a little bit better than what you were thinking. And I think you brought up some really good thoughts where, you know, maybe in a stall type deck where Steven's Resolve was normally played, uh, you would just rather have a Zacian because you could just draw, you know, kind of more and more cards and it's more searchable. Than a camping gear right you can search for a for a zashin way easier than you can a camping gear on the first turn and you know just maybe some other some other reasons to play to play something like a zashin you know just in general over a camping gear where there would just be more draw as opposed to searching for one specific card and then the orbital is also very interesting because we've seen this ability in the past uh, see limited again limited success and very like specific decks but the orbital having the evo control for each energy attached to the pokemon you may search your deck for a stage two excluding other orbital and put it on your bench so we've seen this with cradilly in expanded and i i want to make sure that i'm 
that I'm speaking correctly, but uh, the Cray Dilly, didn't it have a grass cost? Yeah, the cost is one grass. So one of the biggest differences between Cray Dilly and the Orbital is the attack cost. So the Cray Dilly, that grass type uh, costing, that grass type costing that grass <laughs> uh attack cost whereas yeah. the orbital can be powered up with you know twin or double colorless or triple acceleration energy and uh, just is a lot easier of an attacker in terms of that attack cost to get going yeah the the orbital actually actually does kind of interest me um yeah i'm trying to i've been kind of racking my brain and this is something i didn't really think about you know as we've gone through the sets until now is like what kind of combinations of stage twos are potentially yeah. good um i think yeah. the key that that makes orbital or what will make orbital or break orbital is whether or not there's a combo of stage twos that is particularly good um yeah so you know jw you brought up like bringing up both colossals i think there's an argument to be made that that's still like a decent use of it um the, the one Colossal, obviously, accelerating scene in the Santa Conda deck, um, and the other one doing 90 damage on a coin flip for each energy attached to it, you know, kind of a meme, coin flippy kind of deck. Um, I think there is still value in, like, getting multiple of the same stage two, because it is hard to get multiple of the same stage two in play at once. Um, but I think the real value, where the money really is, if there's, like, some kind of separate evolution line stage two that can be played together... To like some great effect and to sure. be honest i think pokemon's kind of been memeing with their stage twos it feels like they're not that good um but if there is yeah, some weird I combo mean, there has never been that there has never been that stage two that you're talking about where it's like man if only i could get this guy out you know it, it hasn't really been like that i mean you maybe could make a case for something like uh something like uh porygon you know kind of cool we've gotten a lot of really interesting and unique special energy cards recently we have but, yeah you know that's not something that i'm particularly like like that's not something that's not a card that i look at and say oh now cray dilly like <laughs> opens that up you know now we finally can make our porygon deck <laughs> right and and the thing is like the, the Porygon, usually you're just trying to play it with a stage one or something simpler anyway, whereas I feel like you need to pair it with another stage two, like really get the value. And I can't think of yeah. a stage two off the top of my head that like really needs that acceleration. Um, sure. Sure. I don't, I don't know if you have one in mind. I, I can't think of one. Yeah, I mean, expanded is probably where this Orbital is going to see the most play. Um, you know, you just look at, well, Cradilly was played in expanded. And so Orbital seems like it has certain certain disadvantages in the sense that Cradilly was a stage one, so you could play it with the Ditto Prism, but certain advantages in the sense that, you know, all the things that we had kind of talked about previously with the attack cost and being able to get out multiple stage twos much more easily. And so, uh, you know, you're probably looking at Orbital as being something that could potentially work and expand it. And just obviously the right. widened card pool uh, gives you way more options for those broken combos like you're talking about. And of course, like it's still... It's something that opens the door, right? Like it's it's now yeah. worth looking and, at the stage twos that have come out recently and sure, thinking about sure. them. Sure, and and it's one of those things where it's like you know, and it might not even be good for the next six months, but in a year when we have you know our our full kind of, or I guess in six months when we have kind of our full set block, right? Like maybe there's something more uh, to come out in the set after single and rapid strike that maybe exactly. makes Orbital better. So. 
So, you know, it makes you think about the stage twos at least, whereas I feel like easy to write stage twos off. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a shame. It's definitely a shame that that's the case. But. It is. It is. And of course, there are more cards that have been revealed recently. We have a, a slew of Vs and V maxes. I don't think really any of them stood out too much to me. Um, I don't know if you had one in mind there. Um, you know, the Cricketune is good. I always like when they print those <laughs> consistency abilities. So that will be very fun, uh, I think, and just a nice little addition to a lot of decks. Yeah, I like it's a Cricketune. I, I say this time and time again. I like when the weirder Pokemon that don't always get a lot of attention get a cool card. Um, like the yeah. perfect I mean it, avenue for them to get a card, right? Just like, thank goodness we don't have another Oranguru. You know. <laughs> right, like this could easily have been an Oranguru, but they decided Cricketune was the one. So yeah, I like yeah, that. No, it's great. I, I I do agree. I do agree. I think every Pokemon like that's one of the cool things about the trading card game is that it, it does feel like they they don't try to milk too hard their their um, kind of cornerstones yeah. of the game in terms of what decks are good, and so. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely seeing something like a Cricketune pop up as being a potential, you know, auto include in in a number of decks is is really interesting. Um, you also look at things like Experience Share, Escape Rope. Um, Escape Rope is definitely big to have back. Yeah, being kind of a silent MVP there. Excited about. So it makes me think. I mean, maybe I, my big my big kind of investment right now is uh, Ultra Ball, Secret Rare Ultra Ball. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping that they kind of follow this theme of reprints <laughs> and bring us Ultra Ball back. There you go. There you go. That's a Who knows? taking a chance. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. I mean, it is really interesting. You see um, these reprints come back and, uh, you know, experience share is something that we've seen in the past. Escape Rope is something that's generally been in the game. Um, yeah. You know, we look at Warpoint and then now they've kind of modified it into escape rope and so um yeah you know it'd be smart in those investments and, and take a look at what's kind of been in the format and maybe hasn't for a while and, and you think might come back because they do try to reuse these kinds of concepts so i actually have two like two other like kind of side ish thoughts they're not like super developed on something like the v's and v maxes um the mimikyu it, it's i think it's pretty bad as it stands right now the mimikyu v um, so for context, if you're not aware, it has the attack envying eyes for one psychic, put three damage counters in your opponent's active Pokemon for each prize card your opponent has taken. So, I mean, you're looking at up to 150 damage for one energy, which is kind of cool, but not really in right home about. Um, but its ability is really interesting to me. So you play this ability when Mimikyu goes onto the bench, and then until the end of your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from your opponent's Pokemon. I feel like if Mimikyu had a VMAX, it's like the perfect ability, obviously, to set that up. Um, so it's something that's worth keeping in the back of your head. Like, one, the tech is, like, decent, and so, like, you could theoretically tech it into something. Um, two, um, you know, there. I feel like there is some potential there, especially if there is a VMAX that comes out. And even, I mean, it could be, like, an interesting combat card as well. Like, stamp your opponent to one, put five, five times that three damage counters... Um, and then yeah. you can't, the Mimikyu, like, theoretically can't be damaged. So I think the Mimikyu yeah. card is actually decent, especially if they get a VMAX. Um, sure. And Tapu Koko VMAX actually also kind of interests me. The attack isn't that great. It does 1E damage, and if you're behind on prizes, you paralyze your opponent. 
Um, but Havakoko V has kind of been like an on again, off again thing in Pete Grom. Um, so yep. theoretically, like this could be like an evolution option. It does 180, which is you know, beyond the typical cap that you can do for three energy in Pete Grom. So right. um, I don't think it's like an obvious auto include, but I could see it making its way as a tech or people trying it out. Yeah, sure. And that uh, that auto paralysis is something that, you know, Picaram has really leveraged well in the past. Yeah, that was kind of my thought is you could, uh, you know, it's and this is a good it's thing. Something like... that is a little bit easier, more sustainable to get up with a Raichu Raichu. But at the same time, you know, that one turn of paralysis can really swing games. And if you're behind, uh, right. certainly is going to help you out a lot. And, well, part of my thought was against like VMAX decks. Um, a, Raichu doesn't always two hit KO them. And true. B, Raichu is a little bit squishier. So, you know, good use cases would be like in the the Senti Scorch and the Eternatus matchup. You know, typically in Eternatus, what you're going to try and do is you're going to try and paralyze the Eternatus, like Stamp the Wand, paralyze the Eternatus, and try sure. to go from there. But that's like not even a two hit KO unless you GX attack them for extra damage. Um, sure. Or you have a Bolt Hunt on the bench, but that's not always possible. Like, you sometimes you just don't have that energy. Uh, whereas Type Coco VMAX can just like swing. The Eternatus can't KO you back, so they have to have a Gust and a Switch, um, and you can two hit KO them. So I feel like there is something there. It maybe it's not good, but I think there is something. Sure, there's know. something lurking. There's something lurking, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. That's a that's a really good kind of overview. I mean, surely there are other cards that we um, haven't talked about. The Weeping Bell. You know, of the, course, the, the Salatful, <laughs> you know, we got we got more cards out there, the Colossal, that kind of thing. But um, these are some of the more uh, playable cards that you're going to see in, in the next set. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, we could we could touch on a lot. A lot of these Pokemon are pretty cool. Um, you know, they have like niche use cases or abilities. So you know, we could spend forever like talking about the, the various situations where each of these cards can be useful. Which is good, yeah. you know, it's it's better than, like, usual, like, filler kind of trash where it has, like, no competitive value. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So I think with that, uh, let's move on to a different kind of card. What do you say, Riley? Let's, let's do, do it. our card of the day. Uh, so today I... We need to get a theme song the for day, the card of the day. Please. What's that? We need to get, like, a theme song for card of the day. Okay. You know, imagine you saying that, that and then there's, like, a little jingle that happens there. <laughs> what if... What if we hired a musician? Yeah, do you have a musician in mind? Uh, I don't know any musicians. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered, that's a shame. Uh, no, um, yeah, we can work something out. Anyway, or we'll just get some free. We'll just rip some free music online. Anyway, um, yeah. So, card of the day is a card that I played. That I it was probably one of the well, it was the first deck that I ever felt like I had the perfect deck list. Like, I think I am always in pursuit. We've talked about this on the cast in the past. I'm always in pursuit of the perfect 60 card deck list. Like I just want to have every card. I know exactly what it's for. I have the exact amount of text that I could ever want. And it's never too much or too little. And all the Pokemon lines are perfect. And the recovery versus the disruption versus the draw versus the consistency is all just like it fits and it looks good. 
and you know the matchups I know inside and out. And I finally felt like I had this for the first time ever uh, back in 2012. It was, and I brought it to a regional. I ended up going eight and one. Lost to a Darkrai Hydreigon. This was when regionals were in Swiss rounds. Uh, they had like it was like uh, I don't know if it would have been like let's say it was you know 200 people or something. They would have nine rounds of Swiss. So kind of more similar to what you might see from an online limitless tournament now, where it's just the Swiss. It's like a lot of rounds of Swiss, but it's all best of one. And then you would cut into a bracket style for a top 32, as opposed to cutting into a day two with more Swiss, it would cut into bracket style. And that was pretty ruthless because, <laughs> you know, you would never get, you know, if you ran into a bad matchup in your first round of top 32, then you would just be out, right? Even if your deck was good, there was no kind of way for you to play around some of the bad matchup. There was just no leeway in yep. that sense. Um, so anyway, I took this deck into top 32 and it was the first time that I felt like I had this card or this list that was just perfect. And the card that it centered around was the Dark Explorers Empoleon. And so this Empoleon has a diving draw ability. Once during your turn, you may discard a card from your hand. If you do, draw two cards. So very similar to the Zorark GX and also very similar to Sinchino. With that very cool ability, Diving Draw kept the thing very, very consistent. Also allowed you to play a bunch of little, you know, techs, right? Just like mm -hmm. Zorark would. So you could, or just like even Sinchino decks, I suppose, uh, could, right? You're just able to see more of your decks. So you could play kind of more spooky tech cards. So the tech cards that I mostly played back then were Terrakion. That was to take care of anything electric-based. There were things like... Um, I don't know, Zekrom, uh, Electric. There were things like uh, Darkrai EX, right? Fighting weakness. So Terrakian had this kind of retaliate. I think it was called retaliate. It was, yeah. Where it could do 90 damage for two energy and then, you know, right, swing into things <laughs> that were fighting weak and, and take them out in one hit. Uh, but the Empoleon was really cool, had that diving draw ability. Lots just set up all these techs. And then it also had a really great attack for the time called Attack Command which I'm trying to think of there. There's gotta be one. There's gotta be a Pokemon that has a very similar attack right now, but I can't really think of it. Uh, but anyway, attack command for one water does 10 damage times the number of Pokemon in play, both yours and your opponents. So you just attack command, you know, if you're, if you're in the right point of the game, you know, you're swinging for 120 for one energy, which again, back then was pretty impressive. <laughs> and then if they didn't knock out your Empoleon, you could play something like max potion and heal it. And so, I just really love this card because it reminded me of the time that I had the perfect deck list and that I should have won a regionals, but I didn't because I started Terrakion all three games in top 32 and then ended up <laughs> losing because my opponent did like the Rayquaza GX milling attack as like a last hope and he had something like four cards in the deck and he had to not mill the catcher that he needed to win and it was the last card in the deck and it was like so crushing like such a crushing way to lose oh wow but yeah. uh anyway i would have won the regionals that was that was the one that got away from me uh, with this empoleon I'll, I'll always love you <laughs> that's super cool yeah that empoleon's iconic it's a uh... You know, obviously it's gotten power crept at this point in the game, but 
is super cool, super fun to like revisit that card as well if you're playing old formats. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was not the worst card if you, you know, a, a year or two later, it was played in this Empoleon Dusknor deck, I think in 2014, 2013, yeah. 2014, somewhere around there. So to see the card, like I was playing it when it first came out, and then to see other people kind of pick the deck up and or pick the pokemon card back up and play it in a new deck is also just very cool to see kind of the evolution of a card through different formats totally agree totally agree oh there you go empoleon decks very fun awesome. speaking of empoleon for our last topic today and i also want to say um, next week is going to be a pretty deep dive into competitive stuff so if you're looking at players cup three definitely be sure to check out next episode uh, but for this episode, we're going to wrap up on kind of a lighter note. And in honor of the 25th anniversary, we wanted to talk about, um, kind of tangentially related, actually do another 25th anniversary announcement. We want to talk about starter Pokemon. So if you're not aware, as part of the 25th anniversary, they announced that they're going to be releasing jumbo Pokemon cards of every single starter. And the catch is that it's the first card of each of those starters. So... You know, you have base set Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle, and then you have the Neos, and Dequil, and Odile, and Chikorita, and so on and so forth. And so you get all the way to Sobble, Scorbunny, and, and Grookey. So, JW, in this awesome moment for Pokemon starters, my question yeah. to you is, for each type, what is your favorite starter, and why? Uh, I have really fond memories of waiting in line for the games, um, for the, for the sixth, or excuse me, fifth generation games with, uh, with Chespin. I had my Chespin hat on. <laughs> I really, I was the sixth really, generation, but yes. Or, sorry, sixth generation. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sixth generation uh, with my Chespin hat on. And, um, just i remember that was one of the actually the only time that i ever went to a pre what, what do we call it like a midnight release yeah of midnight. a game and uh, i just remember having a really good time I went with some michigan state people and it was very fun and i picked chessman because it looked like the worst pokemon of the three and <laughs> he, he does look goofy he's very goofy uh but i don't know that he would be my i don't know that he'd be my top starter uh, grass type. I, I think that has to go to Rowlet. I think Rowlet is just one of the best Pokemon like just design wise I think for me that has ever been made. And then uh, for Fire, really big fan of Cyndaquil as that was that was, I, I would say Heart Gold, Soul Silver were kind of the first games that I actually like knew what I was doing. On my first go round of like Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Red and Blue, I didn't quite like I wasn't quite old enough or I yeah. didn't quite get what was happening. I, you know, something was not there. So <laughs> we would just keep check. Like my, I remember my dad, like, God bless my dad. He'd keep checking out Pokemon yellow for me. And I would just never be able to like get past the first uh, gatekeeping activity of delivering the potions or whatever <laughs> with professor oak so i'd always try to run by the bug keeper and then you know that would never work and i and then you know okay three days come and you got to give the game back and um 
it was always sad. But anyway, but Heart Gold Soul, or excuse me, not Heart Gold, but uh, Silver and Gold were kind of the first games that I was like, oh yes, okay, I I actually understand what I'm doing. So that comes with the Cyndaquil, and so I think Cyndaquil is uh, one of my favorite fire, well, my favorite fire starter. And then in terms of water starters, um, yeah. I think I have to give that distinction to Sobble. I think that Pokemon is just a really funny looking dude. He's just hilarious. He is a funny looking dude. Yeah, he's just very funny looking. What about you, Riley? Give me your give me your lowdown on starters. So grass, I have to agree with you. It's definitely Rowlet. Um, although the Rowlet is definitely like one of my all time favorite Pokemon. Pokemon I like collect stuff for. Um, yeah. I also, though, I do, I do want to give special shout-outs to both Bulbasaur and Grookey. I think they're also really cool. And Bulbasaur, obviously, iconic. I feel like Bulbasaur gets kind of the shaft. It's not, like, loved as much as as his brethren in Gen 1. So I want to make sure he yeah. gets a little bit of attention there. Um, yeah, for sure. For Water, kind of in the same boat as you, where I wasn't really smart enough yet to play Pokemon in Gen, 1's in Gen 1 or 2, really. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I played yellow, but my Pikachu had like three electric moves, and it was my only like leveled up Pokemon, so that was like not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I ever beat Silver. I don't. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> but by the time like Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was like actually able to effectively read and comprehend the information that I was reading. So very sure. Um, yeah. Iconic to me is Mudkip because Mudkip was okay. so cute, so fun. Um, you know, uh-huh. he's—I feel like he's a huge fan favorite anyway. Um, sure. You know, but that line is super iconic. It was like the first time I really beat the Elite Four was with a Swampert. Um, so I, I always will love Mudkip. He's just adorable and viral yeah. video of Mudkips just chirping at each other. That's just great. Um, yeah. Fire is like a little bit contested for me uh really yeah were you ever a a fire guy because i i mean they they kind of um i feel like people who choose fire starters always choose fire starters i don't know if you feel the same well Um, i i never realized it until like many years later but they kind of built build in this um the the difficulty of the game centered around which starter you pick right because generally speaking the first um you know if you look like uh the original games right like brock uh you know weak to uh weak to grass right so bulbasaur is like quote unquote the easiest one um to start with because you basically coast right through the first two gyms uh squirtle yep. you know you only get that one gym advantage in the in the first game and then charmander you know you don't really get that much of an advantage or you know there's no advantage in Bro- uh, facing against brock and then there's a disadvantage facing off against misty so uh i always i didn't realize that until later but yeah uh, that built-in difficulty so i always generally straight away from fire it's funny though because fire types actually were sometimes easier depending on the gen um notably gen 2 i'm pretty sure was easiest for cyndaquil um because the first gym was actually strong against the (laughs) greta sure um that said um fire types my my two favorites that really come to mind um one is an old classic cyndaquil uh cyndaquil is my starter in gen 2 and he, mm-hmm. Cyndaquil is just so so cute um you know you want to just give Cyndaquil a hug all the time um even if it might set you aflame awesome <laughs> so Cyndaquil and his line were really done dirty by the transition to 3d I feel like 
um sure yeah they don't look really yeah. as cool as they do in sprite form um or in their cards when they yeah. like are inactive and like in these goofy weird poses but well and they and you know part of the part of the pokemon is that their their flames are not yeah exactly like that's what always I was, that's what I meant by, like, inactive. so they look just very unusual when they don't have their flaming backs exactly so cynical is done dirty by the transition but he's still so cute and so fun um so i love cyndaquil the the other one that i really like is actually score bunny um i think the score bunny line is super awesome a lot of people at least in my friend groups weren't really a fan of cinderace i think cinderace is sick i actually like him a lot i like that he's like a little soccer player um he's and even um even the middle form that like the name is for some reason escaping me reboot yeah, Reboot is also yeah. is also super cute. I like his little mask. Yeah. So they're all really good. Um, I think I'll just I'll give it to Score Bunny just because um, he's newer and like doesn't have as many fans as Cyndaquil does. Yeah. So I, I love that. Well, I guy. think that would be that would be a pretty fun poll to put out on the Twitter page. Yeah. To find out what what everybody's favorite uh, favorite starter. Yeah, it's tough because you can only do four. Only do four poll options. I know that's the problem. <laughs> There's so many starters now. I know. But Pokemon getting too big. Too big to fail, kind of thing. Yeah, those are my three NGWs as well. Um, you know, overall though, I think starters are just like some of the Pokemon they probably put the most effort in, and usually they do a pretty good job with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, then they get down to the end of the you know the end of the line, and they're like, okay, well, what can we do, guys? All right, let's. Uh, Let's uh, animate a coffin. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, okay. All right, what else can we do, guys? All right, let's uh, let's let's animate a, a teapot. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, ship it, ship it. You know, it's like there's always some weird ghost type that's just an object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that for sure. <laughs> so be sure to tweet us what your favorite starter is and which of the jumbo cards you're excited to pick up. I definitely want some of those first gen ones. I think those are really cool. Um, base set reprints it's actually the first time we've gotten like digital art of base set in a while so yeah um yep it's pretty cool i uh am a fan of that so that's tweet cool. us let us know what you're excited to get that's at tag team pokemon on twitter and also be sure to check out our own personal twitters that's at real john walter and at smiles with riles and while you're in the middle of following things do drop a follow on jw's twitch channel as well at Flex Eddie Righteous on Twitch. And this is twitch.tv slash Munner. If you ever want to watch the podcast live, twitch.tv slash Munner every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you. Thank you. So last words before we sign off for today, be sure to leave a rate and review. If you are listening on your favorite podcasting platforms, it does help us out, helps us get discovered and continue to grow the fan base which is, as always, a goal because we think you guys are awesome and want to include more of you. In addition, make sure as you you start to get your battle styles, as you start to look at your Shining Legends Pokemon cards, be sure to check out Full Grip Games. They're a great ally to the podcast and have, have really helped move us along and get some of our giveaways going, so showing that love helps us continue to do what we do here. And with that, I think we are done. JW, any final words before we sign off today? 
Well, happy 25th anniversary. I'm looking forward to exploring with you, Riley, all the different, uh, different merch, different things that are going to come out just in general for Pokemon and for Pokemon cards. It's an exciting time right now. And yes. uh, I can't wait to, to find out more. I agree. Well, happy 25th Pokemon anniversary to you, JW, and happy almost second anniversary to Tag Team. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya.